This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week television podcast. I'm with Andrew Mercado. Welcome back, Andrew. Hi, James. We're going to be talking about one of your favourite shows today. We might squeeze a few other things in at the end too, but Neighbours, you've been a long-time big fan of Neighbours. It's been a pretty massive week for Neighbours and it's been a pretty big start to the year for them in general. Joining us to talk all things Neighbours is Sarah Richardson, a Network 10 drama executive. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, thanks for having me. So just tell us a little bit, what, what's your role with Neighbours? So I'm the executive producer for 10 um, on Neighbours and I work very closely with the Fremantle team. So Jason Herbison and I are pretty much on the phone fairly frequently and uh, yes, I kind of oversee it on behalf of 10. Yep. Now tell us why it's been a big week for Neighbours. What's oh, happened? Where What's to going begin? On? <laughs> where to begin? It's, I've never talked so much Neighbours. <laughs> it's been amazing. <laughs> So this weekend, just gone, we had um, a celebration at Mardi Gras, which was amazing. Um, we were there to celebrate the first legalised same-sex marriage on air, uh, which we did in September um, with our two characters who have been uh, on as, I guess, characters on the show since 2010. So it was really great to be able to celebrate um, a union and it ended up being a legal union at the time, which was great. So and nobody could accuse you of cashing in because <laughs> those were long-term regular gay characters. We actually had plotted the story uh, before it was legalised. So it was just fortuitous that we got to celebrate it in the way that we did. And it was amazing that the community embraced us as they did. Um, it was a storyline that just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger than Neighbours, basically. Um and so it was fantastic to get to join in that celebration. And then you get Magda Jabansky to be the celebrant. And not only do you do that, you don't just bring her into that, you then give her a little bit of a guest role as Carl's long lost sister. I mean, so well thought out. It was, weirdly, that one came from Magda saying to me um, when we were working on another show together that she just loved Neighbours. And I said, well, let's get you, let's you get, let's get you in. So, um, and then Jason and his team um, Nat Lynch and Nat Mandel made that happen, which, you know, you've got to hand it to them. If you give them an idea, they run with it. Mm. And um, I love that about that team. Um, the when, when James introduces me as a Neighbours fan, yes, of course, back in the Scott and Charlene days, I was there watching it. But the truth is that I never really watched Neighbours a lot. I was always aware of it. I always read the TV Week synopsis and I was always kept up to date. I never really watched it as much. I've never watched it as much as I have in the last few years since Jason Herbison has been producing it because, you know, Jason is a friend of mine. I worked with him 25 years ago, but he has such an innate sense of what makes a good soap. And he's doing something on that show that no other soap in the world does. And that is, he treats former characters as and brings them back onto the canvas, sometimes for one or just two episodes, but there's this revolving door of the past always coming back, just like in real life, as opposed to other soaps around the world where, you know, in EastEnders, for example, someone will leave a family, move to the other side of London and never be heard from again and not come back for their father's funeral. And it just gets totally unbelievable. Whereas with Neighbours, there's this continuous continual reference to the past and people dropping back in and it just makes the show so much more authentic. Definitely. And I think that's part of 
what we aim to do. It's and and it's all Jason. Jason's incredible. I could not be luckier. Like he's just an incredible partner to work with on this. And he he knows he lives and breathes neighbors. And I think that's what makes good storytelling really. It's about the authenticity and also and what you just said, the fact that it does it does feel like real life. Yeah. Because your character's always coming back. And if we have an idea it's he always thinks, well, how can we involve someone from the past? How can we bring, fold it back into our neighbor's mm. family? So not relying on extra guests all the time. It's, well, why can't that guest be someone that's from our past? And um, and I think that's part of what has been so brilliant about the storylines of late um, have been the authenticity of them. He really delves into the characters and, and makes them feel authentic. Did the... On the weekend, they also filmed. Is yes, that correct? You that's right. For, for 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 what was it? Will it be a whole episode, or is it part? Just fill us in what'll happen. And next. this is fascinating to me because Neighbours operates in real time now. You did the first <laughs> ever uh, on Christmas Day. You were the first drama ever to be running a first run original episode on Christmas Day, tying in with Christmas Day, and then you did New Year's Day because you're now, you know, on all the time. <laughs> so how is it now that you've been at, you've filmed scenes at Mardi Gras and how are you going to work that in time-wise? Can you tell us? Oh, I, I think that I probably can. Look, we work very far out, as you know. So Neighbours takes an incredible amount of planning, which is why I'm always blown away by the, the writing department and the production team, like, it's just incredible the way they can work so far out. And, yes, so Christmas Day we were planning six months before Christmas, yeah. um, knowing that we would be on air at that time. And there are a few of these coming up this year, which I will, you know, I won't spoil, but there's a lot of that coming up, which has taken a lot of planning and we're very excited about. We did shoot some scenes on the day before Mardi Gras and on actual uh, Mardi Gras Day, which we will... Pick, we, we will save, save and incorporate into storylines next year, which is, <laughs> it's a bit of a challenge. Wow. <laughs> so that'll be next year. Next year, wow. but it's a bit of a challenge, but we are really, uh, you know, we're going to, we just make the most of everything on yeah. Neighbours. Um, and I think that it's exciting. And if anyone can do it, that team can do it. So how far ahead, so stuff say being shot this week, roughly when would that turn up on air? Oh, six months. Yeah. Oh, well, storylines. I would mm. say at least six months out, okay. plotting wise. Yeah. Shooting, it's a little less time, but it's still a few months right. before we before we get there. Technically, the show is looking incredible at the moment. Your sets are top notch. The backdrops, even when you're in someone's apartment, Paul's penthouse, and you've got that backdrop of Melbourne skyscrapers, it looks real, even on high def. Algie was good on detail. You've come so <laughs> far in terms of the look of the show is incredible, and you spend dollars. You know that when Tim Robards was in the show for that guest role, and I know he's coming back as a regular, that stuff you did on location in the snow in the middle of winter. Incredible. You guys are absolutely kicking so many goals at the moment. Oh, I'm really liking this podcast. <laughs> Can I stay? <laughs> no, it's, it, it is, we're, we're trying, you know, it's about staying fresh and contemporary. Next year, we celebrate 35 years. I oh, know, yeah. 35 years of being on Australian television sets and 
you know, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to stay relevant. And it's a, especially in this market, it, it is so competitive and we've just got to reflect our, our audiences and, and, you know, give them something fresh and new to watch. And, and I guess that's what the team at Fremantle works so hard and I feel are kicking goals enormously on. The other big thing that's going on this week is the on-screen death of Sonia, who's married to Toadie. Uh, I previewed the episodes this morning. Thanks a lot. Sorry. M- made me cry. <laughs> it's a, um, it's an incredibly special episode. It's actually written by Jason. And um, it's a two-hander between is. Eve Morey and Ryan Maloney and they have special credits because there's only two actors in the show and it is a gruelling episode to For watch. A whole episode. It's the just whole the two of them. in the car. Well, it's, oh. the, it's mostly set in the car but we do have a few um, external locations but it is a two-hander written by Jason um, which is... Just it's harrowing. It, yeah, it took me the first screening I did of it. I um, it took me about an hour to stop crying. The storyline actually, um, I worked with Jason on this and the story department very closely. I actually have my one of my best friends has ovarian cancer and she has two children under five, very similar to that storyline. And yep. I have to hand it to them. I was really nervous about doing it because it was so close to my life and to my friend's life. And, and I'm so proud of the way they portrayed it. They were so authentic and they just did it with such, um, I guess, passion and to, to make sure they portrayed a real, a real family going through such an awful experience. And we partnered with Ovarian Cancer Australia. Um, we've been doing a lot of awareness around ovarian cancer in, um, to complement that, and it's it's not in the end. It is about story, and it is about our characters. But you know, folding in those social issues as well, and and raising that awareness has been, um, yeah, just it's it's been a very great experience to be a part of. And um, Eve did just an outstanding job, both of them, Ryan and Eve. Yeah, both. I agree. My hats off. Like yeah. I just, it was incredible. I cannot. Watch it. Just watch it. <laughs> look, look, Jane Kennedy tweeted yesterday, uh, you know, Eve Morey for the Logie based on the performance she's seen in the past few weeks coming up to this point. So, you know, get ready for what she sees. But that the episode immediately afterwards, the aftermath, when people start finding out that she has died, I mean, that was it. That finished me. I couldn't watch anymore after that. And I, I think the next episode then is your international That's right. women's episode, which is what? Well, basically, it, it comes off the back of the, I guess, the um, the emotional fallout, for lack of a better term, um, from that episode. And what we wanted to do was celebrate women and do it in a relevant way. And the way we did that was encouraging, um, I guess, Eve's on-screen daughter that she could be anything she wants to be. Mm. Um, even with the loss of her mother, it's, you know the street, which is what, what Neighbours is all about in the end. It's about... And again, so well planned. You did, you're did not just doing this this week. You started this several episodes and you, you always lay the groundwork for what's coming up in the future. So when it happens, that's the authenticity of it. Yes, yes. So 
Yeah, and it's a celebration that, you know, we've come so far, but there's still a long way to go mm. in terms of um, feeling equal in society. And, yeah, it's a beautiful episode and it was directed by Kate Kendall, um, who's fabulous and, and come and from... And used to be in the show. Uh, used yeah. to be in the show, folding the family back in. Yeah. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so she's done a great... Um, a great job with directing it and um, our female, all female cast uh, all delivered beautiful performances and, you know, we're just really proud of that episode and, you know, and it's not about banging a social drum, it's just a celebration. Yeah. I think one of the things that happened too recently, did the did the, did the um, soap get its rating change from, was it G to PG? And what does that actually mean and why did that happen? Um, the reason it happened was so that we could delve deeper into storylines. Um, we wanted to be contemporary, um, and really be able to explore storylines. And we felt that we were going to be able to do that with a PG rating a little bit more easily and a bit more authentically. Um, so that's, that's really the reason for it. Mm. Um, you know, audiences, younger audiences, especially younger audiences, are exposed to so much more now mm. and um, we need to be able to be relevant for them. So that's, that's part of the change there. So just sort of the topics you can discuss, the situations yeah. you can... Um, yeah. And, and to be able to delve into issues more, um, I think with the G rating, it, it did hinder us on what we could say and how far we could go with things. So it's still a family-friendly show. That's yep. our our core objective. We don't, we didn't change the essence of the show. We just wanted to push it a little bit more. And, and I take my hat off to what you've achieved within that G time slot. You've you've covered so many amazing social issues, and there are other shows that have already had the PG rating for years and years that haven't been interested in doing that, that go round and round in circles. You have been doing the right thing for so long, and. You know, I, I think your that little bit of extra leeway that you will have will only improve things. Yeah, and I think it's and it's honestly, it's not even like I said, it's not even like we're very proud to explore social issues, but it's actually just about reflecting a contemporary audience. Mm. That's what it's about for us. Yeah. It's it's not about you know making the latest headline because we've done this or that. It's it's honestly about our audience is diverse, so we need to be as well. Are there any interesting things that having a PG rating lets you do visually that you just couldn't do with a G? I mean, maybe innocuous things like am I showing alcohol or oh, or that, things like definitely. that. Well, that... we showed a gun. <laughs> what, you, Crazy. Which you couldn't do in G. We couldn't do that in oh, really? G. Okay, yeah, so it is quite PG. limiting. Um, you know, and it worked for many, many, many years, mm. and it was just, um, you know, and it took a lot, a lot of conversations to go. Okay, well, what what will it? what will it allow us to do? And um, and then it, we decided to go into it. But again, like I said, not lose the essence of what Neighbours is and not do heightened storylines and push things for the sake of it. Just mm. And we should also remember too that the best soaps are not shows that just bang on about social issues and give yeah. you that crying drama every night. There's a sense of fun about Neighbours that's there too. There's a great balance. And last week you had a sensational nod to Prisoner where you brought back all of these actors and there were just so many in-jokes and gags <laughs> to Prisoner in these two scenes of all these women at a book club and 
you know, the whole thing was just so hilariously done that any fan of Neighbours and any fan of Prisoners must have been rolling around the floor laughing. It was that funny. Yeah, and I think, and that's the other part of Neighbours. We, we, like, we do... we don't take ourselves too seriously all the time. Like when we do get to serious storylines, obviously yeah. we give it the the time and the planning that it needs. We have a um, massive storyline coming up and we've spent a year developing it. So we never just throw away storylines. If there's something that we really want to, to explore, we yeah. make sure we spend the time to get it right, but then we do have a good time and we love a cheeky joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask about audiences, and I'll this will set Andrew off. We'll, we'll let him go in a minute, but but I wanted to say to you, to, how are people consuming the show? How has that changed? Are you getting much feedback on people watching it on the ten play and and sort of you know picking their own time slot to to enjoy the program? Yeah, look, I think that's drama across the board as well. I think there is a changing landscape, and sixteen percent of our audience catch up on ten play. Yeah. My question to you, though, Andrew, and you might want to get involved in this with Sarah, but, <laughs> but, but it sounds like there's some great work being done here, right? Some great writing, some good acting. Um, it's just and it's a great package that's been put together. Is it a shame and does it deserve to have a lot, lot bigger audience? Absolutely it does. It's, uh, I think that there was uh, recently there was a big reaction when Neighbours said they were putting a float into the Mardi Gras. There was a little bit of negativity around that from the gay community on some Facebook groups and I got in there and said, now hang on a sec, guys. This is not some fly-by-night we want to jump in and cash in. This show's been making steps towards diversity for a long time and people don't realise that because there's not enough people watching the show. And I will sit here and say to you that of all all the Australian dramas on air right now, Neighbours is right up there. I watch it on a regular basis. I watch all the Australian dramas on a regular basis. And I'm telling you, what Neighbours is doing now and has been doing for the last couple of years is better than most dramas that are being aired at 9pm at night. That's how good Neighbours is right now. Well, I don't think I need to say anything. I mean, thank you. And again, that that comes down to, to Jason and the Fremantle team, Nat and Nat down there, they um, they work really hard and I am so thankful that I get to be involved and to support them Like and put, you know, we, we spend a lot of time working through things and it's just uh, a joy. It's a joy to work on Neighbours. It's one of the highlights of my career. The outside set that you've got, which you are now using so spectacularly well in creating a real huge suburb with parks and streets and all sorts of great, you, you don't get that sense anymore that you're in a, a, a the backyard of Channel 10. You, it, it feels real. And I know that it's hugely popular with uh, backpackers and tourists and English fans of the show. How important is that set in terms of giving them a place to arrive, look at it for real, take selfies. Is it huge? Well, funnily you should mention that. I don't know if Steve Murphy's going to kill me for talking about this. No, you <laughs> You're mates, right aren't you? you? You'll get yeah, it out yeah, of yeah, this. Yeah, I will, I will. <laughs> it's actually going to have an overhaul because I think it's really important. Um, and Steve Murphy and his team, um, Joey and Liz, are working really hard um, and that's uh, under the leadership of Chris Oliver-Taylor at the moment to just overhaul that and make it, you know, like as you would have seen in the Mardi Gras parade, the 
incredible float. It was it was pretty insta worthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of people running up and and taking photos and you know, and I think that neighbors is an iconic part of Australian history. Like it it 35 years on air. It is part of our history. It's part of everyone's DNA. Everyone that you speak to uh, has had a moment of being um, dipping in and out of neighbours. Mm. And, you know, my time is different to your time. And I think that it's uh, it's it's really important to embrace that and, and let the, the, our Australian audience remember that, you know, their time as well. I hope you heard when you came past us in the Mardi Gras, I was actually co-hosting it with a <laughs> microphone around the corner from Taylor Square. There was this huge delay because Kylie Minogue's show had stopped the parade, you know, and, you know, I knew that the float, I had the list there and I'm like, oh, they've stopped it just when this float's coming. So we had the crowd pumped. We're going to sing the theme tune back to you. And we did. Could you hear it on the float? Oh, I heard it. <laughs> so we came around the corner and I had no idea what was happening. Suddenly there were flames going and, and it was just, it was a bit chaotic. We'd been dancing since Hyde Park by the time we got to Taylor Square, non-stop, Neighbours theme song on loop. And suddenly I could hear this uh, Neighbours through a microphone. Like it was, a, it was like a megaphone. And I was like, who is that? And Steve Murphy suddenly went, and he just ran off. And so I did see he you. Found us, yeah. He did. Yeah. And it was it was brilliant. It actually gave us renewed energy, I have to say, because that is a long walk. Yeah, it really is. You don't realise that Oxford Street is so uphill until you have to dance, dance up uphill. And then as you turn the corner, you go, oh my God. That's exactly what yeah. happened. And mm. then suddenly there was um the crowd singing neighbors back at us and it was it was pretty amazing yeah, so thank fantastic. you fantastic that's you. great to hear <laughs> you you mentioned um the uk before how how important is the uk audience and its sort of love of neighbors to the sort of i don't know maybe the business model and the whole the whole existence of the show look they are our partners in um in neighbors and um you know, Fremantle are probably better to speak to that. But we, it was, it was quite funny actually. Like it's the UK audience just have this incredible passion about neighbours as well, which it's pretty amazing because it means that we're travelling internationally. Um, for example, we have a lot of like we've just had Jess Glynn come and sing on our show. Uh -huh. I mean, international pop star just went, yeah, I love Neighbours. I'll come down. We've had Hanson come in. Again, it just, it travels because, um, you know, people genuinely have a love for it. And, you know, even at Mardi Gras, I had someone so excited and I actually thought there was something wrong. I was like, are you, are you okay? And he was looking at Ryan Maloney and his friend said, oh, it's okay. He's just British. <laughs> I went, oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know what? I think it's something to be proud of that mm. the UK, uh, that there is such a massive audience in the UK for Neighbours. And I think some of the decisions that Channel 5 has said, like we want a primetime special, we want to do something special, that's all really helped the show in general and Australian audiences have been able to enjoy the stuff that they've requested for too. I think all, everyone collaborate, collaborating on the show is it has got great concepts and really loves the show and understands what's going to keep it relevant yeah. moving forward. I think, and I think it's a really great natural collaboration because 
like uh, there's never a time where I go, oh, no, I don't agree with that. Or we, we all talk, we're all in the same, on the same team, I guess, about making good content. So I think that's, that's pretty amazing. Sure. Sarah, I think a lot of people would think you've got a pretty cool job, but wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't they, Andrew? Um, tell us exactly what does the EP for Neighbours for 10 do? do you, tell us about, you know, do you, do you go to script meetings? Do you go to many of you know, shoots? Have you got to be, because it's, it's made down in Melbourne. That's so, right. So do you travel a lot? Just, just run I, us through it all. I do. So I also um, work across all of Channel 10's drama, so not just Neighbours. So um, I spread my time. Uh, across the board, um, but neighbours, we, I, I'm, how do I, so we talk every week on storylines that are coming up. Um, I'll read everything that comes through the door from the script department. Um, I'll be involved in all the forward planning, so we we go down and have long chats. The guys will spend a good solid um, week going through things long term, big picture. So that's how we get those those beautiful storylines that we're able to take the time with. But it's it's a machine, that that story department. And, in fact, the entire production uh, model is it's just a machine and it, it, it you, there's no time to stop. <laughs> you don't, it, you, you say something at the beginning or it's, it, once it's in train, it's gone. It's, it's, um, but it's always being finessed and fine-tuned by the incredible creative team down there. I can't wait to see what you'll plan for your 35th anniversary. I, I'm excited just thinking about it because I know you won't let it go just unmarked. It's exciting. But, you know, the one th- I did speak to Jason Herbison after mm. the Christmas Day episode and I said to him next year, you know, I, I don't want to tell him how to do his job. He's doing such a great <laughs> job. But the mm. one thing I said to him was next year, could we please make that Australian Christmas Day experience even more Australian for those British people that are sitting over there in the cold and the dark and the freezing cold? I want. I, I would really like you to open up that experience to be the outdoor and the barbecue and the beach and the prawns and if you can. <laughs> I know it's difficult because of how far you film in advance and the weather may not be kind to mm. you down there, but I think that we have this great opportunity now because we're doing Christmas Day to really stick it up those poms and say, look at what we do on Christmas Day. <laughs> look, yeah, I, I was just thinking about when we shoot that. It would still be a little on the icy side, but look, it's it's never, ever winter on Neighbours. Correct. We are have an endless summer. <laughs> <Yes>. So... <laughs> Thank you to the cast. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's, um, I think that's, yeah, I think that's great. And it is so exciting that we are on air all year round now. And, um, yeah, that that will continue. So that's that's pretty exciting for us. Did, did it go well this summer? Given that this was your first summer that you scre- screened and did not take a break, did uh, you get a reaction? Do you think you got more viewers? Do you think some people came back to the show because there was nothing else on TV at that time of year? I think we did have all of those things. And I think, and we held our audience, which is fantastic. Um, you know, 10 likes to take risks and we do things differently. Keep doing it. You've you've worked on some good stuff. I just I'm interested, and I think a lot of listeners will be too, on your journey to get to where you are. How did you get into TV production? 
Oh, where do you want to start? <laughs> the very, very junior place. I um. I mean, she looks pretty young, right? I'm thinking. No, but, we, but people out there listening would like to know mm. the junior role you start at because sure. we all have to start somewhere, and sometimes it's uh, volunteer work, or sometimes it's being the runner, the lowest person on the crew. This is interesting. Yeah. So I wanted to get into the industry, and I did it any way I knew how. And I was I, I worked for a company called Chief Entertainment, where I used to cut together horse racing clips for Telstra Big Pond oh, wow. <laughs> and Idol, like Idol highlights. So it was it was back when there was no streaming or like it was pretty exciting that you got these clips on your phone yeah, sent wow. <laughs> exclusively from Telstra. <laughs> so that was it. And then I ended up working in crewing coordination and then I got my first real sort of creative break with um, David Maher and David Taylor who now head playmaker. Um, They were working at Fox at the time and they got me in as their creative assistant and it was just the three of us in an office and I just learned everything I could. And I did a a stint at Essential Media with um, Chris Hilton and Ian Colley. What what were Playmaker making back then? Back then we we did um, a show called The One which was Battle of the Psychics for Channel 7. Oh, yeah. Remember <laughs> yeah. that? Was that with a big live audience? Yeah. 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 Okay. And um, so it wasn't even really that drama focused when I was there. And they started up Playmaker um, uh, and wanted to focus on drama done differently. And I think they well and truly achieved that. And when they started, uh, I went away for a couple of years and then they asked me to come back as their development producer. And, um, I was very, very lucky and jumped at the chance and, and I pretty much, yeah, worked with them on all of their slate. I've done some incredible shows with them over the years. Um, and that, that actually led Drop to me. Drop some names, come on. Uh, okay. Well, I did, um, House Husbands with them, Love Child, yep. The Code. Yeah. Wow. Um, Hiding. Uh, the Wrong Girl, which was actually what led me to my job at 10. Ah. So I um, I worked with Judy McCrossan and um, Jess Murray and Zoe Foster-Blake on developing that show. And it, yeah, was very, very fun and a great show. And then I ended up going across to... I guess what everyone calls the dark side. <laughs> well, but not, it's not very dark. It's actually quite fun. <laughs> don't, don't jump f- too far ahead. Now, I'm, let's backtrack to Essential. Some, so that was manufacturing stuff at Essential? That's right. T- some of the programs there you worked on? Um, as, oh, gosh. Gourmet the Farmer? Making, I did, did work on Gourmet Yes, Farmer? I did Gourmet Farmer. Would that, would that have been early on? Because it's still going. Would that have been? First series. First series. First series, first series of Rake. Okay, oh, well, wow. First um, season rake. Wow. Good to have in your season. Yeah, is it ever? <laughs> yeah, in, yeah. I'd, look, I was working in business affairs at that time, so mm. not so much on the creative front. No, um, still, really, you there in your CV, right? Yes. <laughs> um, the Space Travellers, uh, oh, gosh, what was that called? Uh, Gourmet Farmer. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. There were... The Time Travellers Guide. The Time Travellers Guide. It had two different titles, which is why I got confused uh, for the different okay. markets. Right, and, right. Um, Australia on trial. Australia on trial. Making of modern Australia. Making of modern Australia was one I worked on. Yes. Which was incredible at the time because that was just collecting 
Australian stories and making history, like, um, and that was in partnership with Hoodlum and before they sort of took off in the drama world as well. Were so. they dramatising some stuff? From yeah. The, you know, uh, yeah. I can remember that because yeah. it was sort of factual, but it had, they'd reenact some mm. some big moments from Australian history. No, they they are incredible leaders in factual documentary making. Chris Hilton's. Chris in, Hilton, yeah. Achieved so much, that guy. He's pretty impressive. Isn't he, he? He's another one that took me under his wing mm. and taught me the business side of things, actually, and finance plans. And, and um, yeah, I, I sort of learn everything you can from everyone. And, and this industry, when you find the right people, are so generous. They are so generous. And, and if, you, if you're willing to learn, um, Rick, for example, like has been an incredibly, um, since I've come over to this side and sort of had to learn the ropes of broad, like being a um, commissioner, has this just, is Rick Mayer at, yes, at Rick 10, Mayer right? at 10 has yep. been, yeah, just so supportive. He's your boss. He is my boss. He's the head of drama. So we work on everything together um, across drama. So he, he also works on MasterChef. So he right? does. He's got a pretty big he has, he's, broad remit, yeah? He's got a big task, <laughs> a big job, but he's incredible and um, and is, is very generous with his time. Mm. Fascinating stuff. I, the, I, one thing that I would say about... One of the longest, frustrating, but fascinating stories is that you've still got Madeline West in there in Neighbours. And, I mean, she was so good in playing for keeps. I mean, she was the star of the show for me. She was so great in The Wrong Girl. She's such an asset to any show. But to have her popping back into Neighbours and just dropping a little morsel of information and is she D? Is she Andrea? Is the D still alive? I mean, wow. <laughs> the fact that you guys have kept that going for so long, keep her there as long as you can. And Kerry Armstrong playing her mother who did the took a, the soap villain and created it in her own way and didn't just do that cliched baddie, did something so Fantastic with the role. It was wow. pretty twisted. It wow. was pretty twisted. Only Carrie Armstrong could take it to that level. Yeah, and I, she did. And, you know, that's one of the great things about Neighbours and it being in people's DNA is they do want to engage and come back. And, and we said to Carrie, you know, come back and play this crazy character. And she was like, I'm in. And same as Madeline. Madeline is delightful. I adore working with her and very very intelligent woman and she is actually doing a director's attachment with us. And wow. So, you she know. Does she have a special contract with 10, does she? <laughs> she, she does. No, she's just, she's just fabulous. So how many former actors have you got being directors? You've got Simone Buchanan in there. You've got Scott Major. You've got Kat, Kate Kendall. You're looking at Madeline West. This is fantastic I, that I, actors have the chance and that you're open to making them part of the family, not just on screen but behind the scenes as well. Well, I think that they... It, it, it lends itself, I think, and especially especially with neighbours because it's something that you 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 kind of immerse yourself in, and those actors really do immerse themselves in there, and they all work so hard. And you know, I think Jason has, and and the Fremantle team have this um, great first to to um, develop new directors as well. And I think you know they fund a lot of that themselves. They've got a Film Vic attachment now, which is great, like getting um, some funding from Film Vic to do that. But they've they've pretty much self-funded that from wow. for a long time. And I think that's 
really brilliant. And, you know, and we've seen great directors come out of it. Scott Major just did um, an incredible block on playing for keeps for us. And, you know, we're having him back this season. And I just think, you know, it's a, it's a great training ground to develop new people. And it's the same with writers. We develop new writers all the time and it's, it's brilliant to see them get that training because mm. it is, like I said, a machine. Mm. It's a machine and, you know, you, you get it and you, you work hard and it's the best training ground you can have really. Look, it's uh, great getting you in here today, Sarah. Thanks so much. And um, Andrew too, mate. Uh, hearing you talk about neighbours is always good for because um, you you just know it so well. So James, and you need to watch you need what? to watch Neighbours tonight, <laughs> tomorrow night, and Thursday night for the international mm. women's episode, and you'll see what I'm talking yep. about. Yep. It will be impossible for you not to be moved and not to go. That show is uh, top of its game at the moment. Sure. Yeah. 10 peach, 6.30. 10 peach, yep. Good news. Now, um, quickly on the Logies, we're going to mention this. The Logies voting has opened. You have voted. Yes. Haven't you? Yeah. Can you, you're not supposed to ask people how they voted, but did Neighbours get a mention? Yeah, it did actually. And the clue was there in Jane Kennedy's tweet. I thought that what <laughs> she said was very timely. And, you know, it's, uh, she's always been a great actress, Eve Morey, and, and I'd love to see her in the top five for contention because all we're voting for at the moment is the list of the next, the people who are going to go into the five okay. nominees. And it's, there's, you know, it's a vast array of people in every category. Um, but yeah, I've absolutely, uh, given a nod to neighbours there. Yeah, there's been a little bit of chat about, you know, who might be missing from the, it's, which is, I, I haven't looked at the thing yet, but it's a massive list of people, yeah. right? I don't think shows that aren't on air anymore. There's no point. There's a massive I mean, list they, of people they had their already chance, there, you know. They had their chance to be celebrated in the past. Yeah. We, we don't need to keep doing it, I guess, do we? Yeah. You know, yeah. Anything else on the Logies that sort of... Um, no, there's not a lot more to say about it. Weird. So after the, I think it's the end of March, that voting will close, yep. then all the nominees will come out. Yes. And when you get the really serious, well, there's three trenches of voting, isn't there? Then you vote for the nominees and then there's some live voting in the week before the actual awards night. Yeah. So, I mean, look, there's... Uh it's it's really hard. I actually had a lot of trouble going through the categories trying to decide what to vote. Just on best actor, best actress, you're going through, yeah, he was great, he was great, and yeah. But, you know, you've really got to think back to what you've seen over the past year and, you know, that, you know, it's it's obvious. If you listen to this podcast, it's obvious which shows have really stood out for me. Mm. Uh, Bloom has been a big, 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 uh, great new show for me in 2018, and you know, Neighbours is right up there too. And there's a few Aussie dramas that I think are, have really done some extraordinary work, and they should be in the running for an award. Just finally, Sarah, I guess the the creatives you work with, they always appreciate when audiences. You know, whether it be for the Logies or maybe the industry for the, the actor awards when they get acknowledgement, they, they, they appreciate that. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Is that a question? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think a, so. A very awkward one. Sorry. <laughs> no, but no, being, I think. Because some people say, oh, the Logies doesn't mean anything. People oh, dismiss it. I see but, what you're saying. Yeah. 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 No, I think, it, I think it is important because, like, for example, on Neighbours, I'll, I'll use Neighbours as an example. They are shooting around the year. Like, they have very little production breaks. 
two-week stints here and there and that's it. And I think it's it's nice for that acknowledgement to go out there and a recognition of, you know, what we all work so hard to achieve in this industry. And the thing about this industry is it's creative passion. Like we're all so passionate about what we do and so to have a night and or an award to celebrate that is, you know, I think it's important. And, you know, it's important to remember that they shoot all year round and one of the great things about that is that that means that that is a training ground for people on Mm. the crew. It's a training ground for young actors and I thought it was great that uh, somebody chipped uh, the actress from The Heights who, and The Heights is a great show, don't get me wrong, it's fantastic on ABC, but in the pre-publicity, one of the actors said, oh, you know, we're not a soap, we're a continuing drama. It's like, look, get over yourself, stop <laughs> this, soap is a dirty word no, thing. No, embrace you know, soap, embrace em- soap. Embrace soap because <laughs> it's training some of the great actors and some of the great people working behind the scenes and Our soaps have been going around the world for decades now and we should be proud of them and not saying, oh, the show we make is a step above that. You know, that's just bullshit. You know, you guys are doing great drama and you're you're a soap but you're a drama as well and you're a great drama. But we we do embrace soap. Don't, I mean... You have to though. I'm sorry, let's talk about (laughs) Madeline Weston, the D slash Andrea slash... Yeah, are they? Who's she? Did she die? What happened there? Yeah. We are soap and we are proud of it. Yeah, absolutely. We are soap. A good place to end our podcast, <laughs> our soap podcast. Um, Sarah Richardson from 10. Look, great getting you in here. Thanks so much for your time. Andrew, it's always a pleasure. Thanks, James.